When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 44 of the Blathering, the show that will never end. This is how I die, in front of a microphone. Hey, everybody, if you're watching me on the Patreon-only video edition, which is uh, buried deep within my YouTube channel, uh, congratulations. You get to see me. You almost got to see me in a bathrobe. That would have been fun. I actually wore a T-shirt tonight. I don't wear... I wore my Guthrie Learning Center of the Unexplained. Uh, Nolan Guthrie's the character created the 15 people like and i stand by him uh anyways uh this is the challenge of an episode i mean this is what we do uh here on the show uh if you're just joining me this is uh, my new public facing podcast along with saturday night knapsack on the knapsack network here but it's, it's a weird thing for me uh because I, this show you know i'd love to just be funny i'm kind of upset right now because i think by the end of this evening i'll be out of orange juice and that's a serious problem. Like, I, I don't have uh, uh, enough funds or desire to uh, go to the store. Because if I go to the store for orange juice, that's 60 bucks of things I don't need. And I, I don't mind using Instacart. I feel weird using Instacart. I feel like I'm going to bit you like I'm a comic. But I, I do feel weird, especially during the pandemic. That's when I started to learn how to use Instacart, i.e. I got the app. And I, it, it, I always said it felt like... During the height of the pandemic, during the lockdown, we all needed to find ways to survive. But by using Instacart, these are the people on the front lines, uh, along with nurses and doctors and, and uh, caretakers and all those wonderful uh, heroes and all that thing. But I just felt like one of those rich people paying someone to go fight in their place in the Civil War, which is insane that that happened. But also it kind of in a weird way still happens from a certain point of view. But I just kind of felt that worth with the Instacart. But um so I can't do that. So I'm out of orange juice. But I, I could save the orange juice, but I don't really like it at breakfast. That's a weird thing for me. If I'm out at a diner, orange juice, that's great. Maybe some apple juice. I call it apple juice, and there's nothing you can do about it. And some coffee, water. I like a plethora, a plethora of drinks on my breakfast diner table. But at home, coffee, I start by make sure I have some water before the coffee. That's a key to life. Uh, then uh, the coffee. And then whatever breakfast thing I'm going to have, a muffin, some kind of English muffin or a breakfast burrito, frozen breakfast burrito. Uh, sometimes I go for the vegan ones. Uh, a lot of times I don't. Eggs. I don't mind the vegan egg replacement. But on, of, of the things they've come up with for uh, people who, who want to go vegan, eggs, they're, they're still getting there. They've made great strides unheard of five years ago, unheard of 10 years ago, 15 years ago when I tried to, some vegan food for the first time, like to actually really try to see, hey, is this something I could do? To consider uh, that to have an egg replacement, you, you, pfft, I would have got up and walked out of the weird vegan restaurant I was in at the time. But all that to say, I don't have orange juice in the morning. I have orange juice midday into the evening. Call me an old man because that's what I am. But all that to say, this show, this episode of The Blathering is a bit of a challenge. I'd love to have just a comedy podcast 
where I riff. I'd love to sit down with some friends again and just riff. Those days may come again. I have not been in that mood for a couple of years. Now, Saturday Night Knapsack is is a satire kind of show. It's it's comedy. Uh, it's, it's comedy with a point. At least I hope it was. But it's also silliness. I'm an absurd person. And I like doing that stuff as well. Uh, there's Force Center. There's Casterly Talk. I love talking Star Wars. Love going deep in it. Uh, I love going deep in the Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings. They're covering Willow. The, the kids, the kids on my channel are covering Willow. But Willow is for so many people as well. There's all that pop rock and radio, which is just music. I'm not just running down a list of things I'm doing. I'm just running down uh, the list of things that I put my energy in because they are fun, because I love the reactions. I love speaking to people. I love connecting with people. I love helping to guide people deeper into Star Wars and having it affect their life. It's not just entertainment. It is not just entertainment to me. That's why I loathe so many people. So many, this sounds angry. Uh, I just loathe so many people's approach to talking Star Wars. And they're the ones getting all the views. And am I bitter? We talked about that last week. Damn right I'm bitter. But all that aside, as I'd work to put that aside, because that was the goal of last week, wasn't it? To be better, not bitter. Uh, that is, that's something that I, I believe in. And that's something that actually a, a friend, uh, uh, Roxy Stryer, believes in. She has a tattoo of that. I remember seeing that tattoo. And I thought to myself, that's a, that's a, that's a great mantra. Better, not bitter. Because I love bitterness. It's also funny. Bitterness can be funny. Uh, and it can fuel me. All that to say, I'd love to just have a silly comedy podcast. I really would. I can't right now. I can't. I can't. I want to find purpose in things. I want to find lessons in the madness. I want to bear my soul in a way that I really even haven't before. And I've had a podcast where I had uh, my, my former therapist on with me. But I don't want it to be in a perfect package. And it's not just about the ums and the ahs. I just want it to be a little messy. And that's the off-the-cuff off approach here of the blathering. And that's me also looking outside at, at a lot of stuff going on in the world. And there's too much going on right now. There's too much to get angry about. Too much to not even forget about the anger. Too much to be concerned about. Uh, weather, you know, the, the weather out here in California was crazy and rainy. And 19 people died, including... A five-year-old child swept away in my hometown. It was heart-shattering. I just, you hear these stories and you don't believe it. There was a plane crash in Nepal uh, that I accidentally saw the footage of. It just popped up on Twitter. And I was like, what am I watching? Oh, my God, it's a plane. Like, what am I, why is this here? And it's pain and suffering. And it's nightmare-inducing. The political side of things is you got Ron DeSantis out there in, in, in Florida. And there's fine people in Florida, by the way. That's one of my theories. Don't don't throw out these states. The, 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 you know, Georgia gets in the news. And, ah, F Georgia, F Texas, F Florida. Don't do that. Don't do that. There's fine people everywhere. And they just, sometimes they might have different needs than you. Uh, they might have different perspectives than you. It's just you got to track, as I always say, track the empathy. And Ron DeSantis has no empathy in ending uh, COVID protocols. You have you have Sarah Huckabee Sanders in, what is it, Missouri? Is that where she's the governor now? What the fuck are they doing out there? Is is, is she Arkansas? No, she's Arkansas because Huckabee, Mike Huckabee, Arkansas. Uh, you know, they're ending woke indoctrination, all those kind of things. That's troubling stuff. Uh, not teaching critical race theory. I always look at it from the general perspective of what that means. To toss history aside. History has already been so tossed aside. It's so, history is already written by the victors. And that's one of the big things, changes that's happened in my life where I am a history fan. I've always been a history fan. 
And it's not just about finding the real stories, but it's about plugging into the bigger picture. We just celebrated Martin Luther King Day. What a great thing. My old friend uh, Chip Dornell used to have a great stand-up joke about Martin Luther King Day and the mattress sales and everything. And I'm certainly not going to do it because Chip uh, does a great Martin Luther King Jr. impersonation uh, voice. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not in that position to do that. But it was a great joke from back in the day. Just highlighting this, 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 all that man boiled down to that kind of holiday of Martin Luther King Jr. weekend sale. And that's the holiday where so many people love quoting MLK. But man, don't the quotes just stop before they get to the end? Ah, so many people, so many people just love taking those quotes and using them for their I've got black friends kind of vibe. I'm talking about this stuff. And you look at that. So you look at Arkansas. I think it's Missouri is the one where they said we've we're gonna we've got we've got the policy in place that's gonna change the game. Women can no longer show their arms in our house of law. Good job. Good job. That's got me upset. Marjorie Taylor Greene on the Homeland Security um, Committee in Congress is batshit and cra- crazy. Just as she is batshit crazy. You got the guy in New Mexico uh, taking. Uh, election fraud theories to the point where he hired people to shoot at uh, uh, Democrats who he believed uh, won rigged elections because he was one. He lost one two to one uh, and all that kind of stuff going on. Uh, there's an incident in L.A. that's uh, got some simmering, simmering energy to it of, of, of death in an LAPD incident. And it's it's just tragic no matter how you slice it. And I have someone I'm someone who has a lot of experience with arrests and points of contact. Uh, and calls of service that go awry. And this one is just horrendous on every level. But it's it's not it just, I, I'm letting this one sit because it's all too much for me. It's all too much for me. And I think uh, when, when you st- once you start paying attention to the world at large, I think you sometimes feel like you got to, every word has to be about something. And every show you do has to be about something. And that's not always the case because it's not always healthy. It's not healthy for us because that's just I'm looking out of the world because, oh, by the way, you know, Putin's still pushing his war. Got the stuff going on. Belarus. Uh, it's just, it's just, it just it, it, it just worries me. Right. I wake up. The first thing I check every morning is Ukraine news. I still do it. I still do it. That could be all too much. Just like the Beatles used to saying, it's all too much. It's all too much, man. It's really all too much. And I think it's okay to make sure that you're healthy because there's all that outside of your house, but there's all the stuff inside your heart. And I've got a lot of stuff going on. Two weeks ago, I had a return of suicidal depression that I hadn't felt in years. Working through it, I'm in a safe spot. I'm in a better spot. I have the tools. You'll never defeat it, unfortunately, but you have to have the tools to combat it, the tools to realize it. I had an episode a couple weeks ago. It's on the Patreon page. I won't remix it for the people that already heard it. Uh, I'm kind of in a better spot, but I'm kind of not. I had a big disappointment in my career last week. I also had a great set of flappers. So, hey, you win some, you lose some. Just one would have paid a lot of money, one paid zero. And I need some of the cold, hard cash. And I had a real big disappointment where I was left crying at this very desk that I'm recording on right now. Or you might be looking at me right now. Hi, this desk. I was crying at this desk. A real big professional disappointment. One of many, and you learn to get over them. Uh, I'm not an actor, but actors uh, face, uh, uh, you know, uh, face uh, uh, career disappointments 99% of the time with auditions. Uh, And it doesn't get any easier. And this thing uh, I suffered on Friday, suffered like I was out there, like I was, you know what I mean. This thing they experienced Friday 
hurt me, man. It hurt me. It was, it, and it sucked. And it was something I needed, not something I wanted, which is key. It's something I needed. And it didn't happen. No fault of anyone. Maybe the fault's me. But all that's in my head. And so I have this tendency. It's like, oh, I got to do a blathering. Maybe I should just ignore the world and, t- and talk about orange juice. Maybe I should just talk about orange juice. How I really want some more orange juice. That'd be funny, right? It's a what? It's absurdity. It's absurdity. I'll make some references to some old bands, music. I'll throw a pop culture reference. We got a podcast, kids. Let's bring a friend on it. We'll talk about outrageous things. Let's do goofy nonsense. Let's talk about the latest movie news. And, and, and I just keep telling myself, I can't do it. This is not why I brought the blathering public. I want to talk about things. I want to talk about the world. But here's the difference, and here's what I've learned. Steve Martin is one of my great influences, uh, an icon for me. Still going strong with only murders in the building. Thank God he's not one of those uh, aging comics that's suddenly, you know, in sound bites talking about the woke agenda ruining comedy. And if you hear anyone say that, they're just tired. I saw, I saw a couple people did that at the stand-up show. It was on Saturday night. And it's, it's tired. It's not even just hacky. It's tired. It's tired as an existence. It's tired as a joke. It's tired as an observation. The word woke is so far removed from what it originally intended, but just the basic definition still remains. And if you want to go out fighting that on any fucking level, on any level you want to fight the idea or definition of woke, you're tired, man. You're tired. We're tired of you. And I'm so tired of those old comics doing it. But Steve Martin and Martin Short, who I love as well, but Steve Martin has never been that. But he was a great influence uh, on my early comedy days and never going to compare myself to Steve, but I definitely love all the things that Steve does. And it's, and it's a lot. It's a lot. A writer, an appreciator of art, an artist himself, a stand-up comic who walked away from it, an actor, uh, um, a poet, a bluegrass musician. He's so many things and he doesn't contain himself. Uh, I do love that. I really I was talking last week how I love more and more artists uh, artists that I've always loved, but now I appreciate at a different level. I mentioned the Beatles. I mean, come on, the Beatles. Yes, I get it. But I stopped short of where I was going to go. And I was going to put this maybe on a Lost Threads episode, which is a Patreon-only exclusive show here where uh, you guys help me remember what I was talking about. And it might happen on this show because i got a lot on my mind this episode here. But uh, the the... Like the artist, like David Bowie, right? I've always, I've been, I've been a Bowie fan for a long time, but I, I, I consider myself like a greatest hits Bowie fan. Uh, my love for uh, Lady Gaga as an artist, as a person, as a performer, is very real, and it went from not understanding her, publicly making jokes about her in two thousand nine on Facebook, to uh, being emotionally moved at a concert in September of two thousand twenty two. To I, I, I've just rewatched her documentary Gaga Five Foot Two, and I just been studying what she does as, as an artist who reinvents herself and finds ways to put herself on stage in a package, which I think is entertainment and art entertainment. That's something that David Bowie has done. I'm halfway through Moon Age Daydream, which is a spectacular, kind of almost wonderfully weird artistic documentary. Uh, watch the documentary that's out there. I forget the exact actual title, but it's, it's, it's about David Bowie in the final years of his life. And it drives home that he was an artist to the end, reinventing himself to the end. And not just reinventing in, in, the, in the way of forming characters and trying new things, but just constantly challenging himself and constantly realizing that uh, you're not going to stop right here with one thing that you do if you're an artist or an entertainer or a human being. You're going to do many things in your life. You're going to be many people in your life. 
And finding your way through that change is very important. But going back to the beginning of my career and Steve Martin, ah, I didn't forget it. I didn't forget it. Steve Martin has always been an influence of mine from the early days. Big Saturday Night Live fan. So him is one of the all-time great guest hosts and um, movies like All of Me, uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, Roxanne, uh, early kind of favorites. Roxanne, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, still some of my favorites. Uh, one of my regrets is never saying that to Frank Oz when I stood two feet away from him at the last Jedi premiere, but that's maybe we'll get another shot. But Steve Martin said something early on, and, and this by this point is a paraphrase. I, I guess I should look it up, but there was a, a quote Steve talking about his career. I, I can't even remember. I probably heard this in the 90s because it was early on. I think I might have been out of high school and in my radio career. But Steve Martin said something along the lines of, hey, I kind of rose to a position of fame and huge success. He was the biggest stand-up comedy, uh, stand-up comedian in, in the late 70s into uh, where he stopped at 80, 81 or wherever he stopped. Filling out stadiums like no one had ever done it before. Um, hard to really, you know, from a distance. Time can kind of, these people are legends, but time can kind of affect how the full effect, right? The full effect. It's like, it's, it's hard to explain. And that's, this isn't a Gen Z joke or anything, but it's like hard to explain to the generations that come later that, you know, yeah, Guns N' Roses for one year was the biggest thing ever. You might not know that, but everywhere you looked, friends of mine had jean jackets with Guns N' Roses patches on the back. All right, and Metallica too. It's hard to explain that when time takes things and moves things along in pop culture. Uh, Steve Martin was that. He said something, though, that I read early on in my entertainment pursuits and career. Uh, I, I rose to a position of success because, and again, I'm paraphrasing, all my friends were talking about Nixon and the Vietnam War, and I put an arrow through my head. And from that, you can take, hey, it's comedy and it's kind of, that kind of stuff's too real. It's kind of a bummer. And I just was silly and I was stupid and people like that. That might have been part of what he, he said, but I, I don't even remember the full context of the interview. The problem was, is I took that as, I don't say wrong. I took that in a certain way and ran with it my entire life. Politics, the pursuit of politics, the interest in po watching politics, paying attention to politics, it can be pretty boring. It can definitely seem like everyone on the all sides is pretty stupid. It doesn't affect me no matter who you, who's in power. I still, my life still sucks. <laughs> all that stuff is easy to fall into, especially when you're a white kid in the suburbs. You just don't need to feel it. It's not the system's designed for you to succeed. Uh, so therefore, you're going to have a different view on it. And that view is usually removed. Uh, it's the, it's those weird kids, you know, I, I had those kids, those, I was friends with them. They ran for student uh, body government positions. Uh, they, they tried to, they, they gave speeches in the quad. They promised Coke machines. Uh, we'll get a vending machine in the quad. Uh, vote for me. Like those, they, you know, they were kind of the political nerds. We knew them. We knew them. I was not one of them. Right. And I had that Steve Martin quote in my head for a long time. My entertainment career is going to be about that, providing entertainment for people, which, by the way, I'll say right now as a recording, is still very valuable to me. If I can do five minutes on me running out of fucking orange juice and it entertains you and you connect with it and we all laugh together and you feel like you're hanging out with me and I feel like I'm hanging out with you, that's why I'm here. That's what I want to hear. If you want to laugh along with Joseph and Jennifer and I while we talk about some silly Star Wars thing and not even go 
deep into what Star Wars means for us in our own lives or the real world. You just want to laugh at crazy Star Wars creatures or stormtroopers bonking their heads and inside jokes like that. Yeah, that's there too. That's part of the reason, a large part of what I'm here for. I think the difference of what I've learned over the last couple of years is I let that permeate all the other areas of my life. Uh, I'm I'm apolitical. Uh, I'm just here to entertain. I just want to make people smile. That is fine. That is completely fine. You might go far like that. But when it goes into other areas of your life, when you carry that outside of the recording studio or outside of your own apartment or house and into the world, then I think you're doing the world a disservice. You're doing society a disservice. You're doing those you love a disservice. And most of all, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're cutting yourself off from the bigger picture. You're cutting yourself off from people. You're cutting yourself off from helping, from understanding, having empathy. My big thing, empathy. And I think over the last couple of years, that is what has changed. And I'm, I'm, I'm recalibrating in a lot of ways. Uh, there were shows I was involved with in the past, podcasts that I enjoyed doing, um, that I just didn't want to do anymore because I felt they had become fluff in a world that needed something of substance. I still stand by that. I still stand by that. But I also found that I think I was at times working with folks who did not understand the power and the position and the purpose of their art and the potential of their art. And they just wanted to stay in that. I just want to pay, make, make people smile. Can't we all just get along and be positive and just can't we all do that? And what it was was ignoring the larger problems in the world and not allowing it to permeate your message and your and, and where you are and, and affect your position and how you can not change things but be part of the change. I keep saying this thing in some of my stand-up act. I've said it on uh, Force Center a few times. Uh, do not fight change. Find your place in change. Whether that's looking for a new style of clothes because you still don't want to dress like you did in 1985, trying new technologies, seeing what might be there to make your life a little better. I am giant, uh, uh, giantly, giant, I was going to say I was giantly stubborn. That doesn't seem correct. I am um, immensely stubborn. <laughs> I get it from my folks. I get it from my dad. Uh, he gets it from his uh, uh, now late father. My, my grandpa was uh, tremendously stubborn. My grandfather, and I'm sure this, ha- this is just kind of the way of things. My grandfather and, and my grandmother, but uh, the way he ran uh, the house, uh, she had no choices, which I would consider a problem. Uh, my, all the technology in that house and all that furniture stopped. I'll say after 85 my dad said the couch that was there that I think still there. Maybe my, my aunt lives there now. Maybe she finally got rid of the couch. I was I, I was a baby on that couch. I pooped on that couch. Talk about memories. Misty watercolor memories of the couch you pooped on. That couch was still there uh, when I was in the house two years ago. Around the time that my grandmother passed away. My grandfather passed away about four or five years ago now. The TV was about the only thing he updated. But here's what was hilarious. He did buy a new TV. He bought a brand new kind of TV maybe 10, 15 years ago. (laughs) Then cut out the old TV because he had a display. What are those? Like, have you ever seen one of those old pictures of a living room in 1971 with a giant wood entertainment block where the TV was inside and maybe some weird speakers and some LPs on it? He had one of those. And he didn't want to get rid of it. 
because God forbid you get rid of that monstrosity. So he cut out the TV and put his new Mitsubishi whatever in there. On one hand, it's a genius. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's impressive. On the other hand, it was just a sign of refusing to move forward. Uh, I don't want to be that. I actively want to fight it, but it creeps in every day. Every day. We have that tendency to look at something we don't understand, to look at something new, to look at someone new, to look at a form of music, a style of entertainment, uh, to look at the way of the world, to look at a term like, you're telling me you're woke. You, you look at that and you fight it because it's new, because it's new and it helps keep you in that little bubble. And for me, for years, that's what it was. No, I'm just here to make people laugh. Doesn't that have value? Yes, it does. Laughter is one of the most important things. I have a story on my YouTube channel that I'm actually uh, bringing back into my stand-up act about the magic of laughter and how that is the most important thing. After tragedies or after loss, that's kind of the first emotion that returns. A little bit of laughter. and Maybe things start to feel normal again or changed. Things will never be Back to normal. They will always be a new normal. Part of my mantra of change. And for so long, for so long, I just hid behind that wall. I didn't want to talk politics. I didn't want to get involved in politics. I didn't want to understand politics because politics is this thing. It's this thing, right? It's public characters. It's celebrities. Politicians are celebrities. AOC is a celebrity. Marjorie Taylor Greene, unfortunately, is a celebrity. Matt Gates, definitely, unfortunately, a celebrity. Joe Biden's a celebrity. It's just what it is. You see them on their t- on your TV. Uh, you, you, they, they got blue check marks, which, of course, is the height of privilege, which well, I've never seen something misunderstood more than uh, uh, people thinking blue check marks are elitist. Missed the point there, Musk. But anyways, there's another celebrity. It was so easy to just write all that stuff off because, again, I felt it didn't affect me. When really it was affecting so many other people. When really politics is how we decide to help others, how we decide to not just govern ourselves, but how we decide to help the least of us. What do we want to do with that? So I still want to come on and entertain. I still want to talk about my fucking lack of orange juice right here, right now. I can taste it on my lips. I want it so fucking bad, but I can't get it. And until my next Patreon payday, I'm not getting a, 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 a box of orange juice or I was gonna, a pal- I'll get a pallet of orange juice next time around or any kind of fruit juice. I'm a sucker for fruit juices, pineapple juice, cranberry juice, cranberry pomegranate juice, cranberry blueberry juice, blueberry lemonade I just had last week. Give me some juice. I got to watch the sugars. I got to watch the sugars. That'll be me undoing. I'm going to die in front of this microphone with too much fruit juice. I think y'all know what I mean. I, I, I wanted to sit down tonight. I wanted to talk. I wanted to be serious about some of the stuff going on in the world. Ah, but it's a little too much right now. My head is spinning. And so then I, I feel guilty. I got to talk about it. I, if I don't give my opinion on this, how, how will it change? And how will people know where I stand? I, this is the new me. This is the new me. But I've got to recalibrate and realize that it's still okay to go onto a show, to do a stand-up set, and entertain and make people laugh. Because sometimes that is all we need. Sometimes, and I'll give this, uh, this is, uh, I remember um, this moment. 
my mother had never uh, has never seen me do stand up if I remember. But I was telling her about I, I was trying to this is in the mid two thousands do a, a bit about um, one of my like suicide attempts and and trying to talk about it in, in a public forum. It's about two thousand four five and try to make a, a joke out of it. And it wasn't working. Now, you could say there's skills I didn't have as a comic to make it work. It's something that I might try to do again. Who knows, one day. But she said in, in, in a general, very simple tone, oh, I don't know, maybe sometimes people don't want to be reminded of that stuff. They just want to laugh. And she's not wrong, especially the way that joke was going. But I think that reminded me back then in 2004, oh, that's right. Don't talk about anything real. By the way, not blaming my mother or anyone on this. Um, or the crowds or anything, but I took it as, and the problem is I took it as, that's right, um, don't talk about anything real. Just be silly, make people laugh, because that's all the value I have. Stay in that bubble, disconnect, nothing matters. I'm apolitical. I'm not concerned. Nothing changes. And there's a disservice to me, because I could have been in a better position to shine a light on that for someone who needed to hear it or find the humor in that or just not talk about it, entertain, but allow people to know me in another level and communicate some of the struggles I've had. I could have got there sooner. Again, no fault of anyone. That's how I took it because I've always had that Steve Martin quote and I have to, again, have to look it up to get the exact quote. I just remember it. I became famous by sticking an arrow in my head and I took that as don't pay attention to anything. Just be silly. Just be stupid. That's the purpose. That's the purpose of my art. That's no longer my purpose. So I think I have to allow myself and you out there, maybe you don't have a podcast. Maybe you get some kids to raise. Maybe you get a job to get through. Not every second of your day needs to be plugged in because that's not healthy. It's not necessarily healthy for you. It's not healthy for all those around you. It also puts you in a position where maybe you're not there for someone who needs to hear. Maybe if you're too busy uh, barfing up your opinions on the world, you might miss what other people around you actually need. Understanding people's needs outside of your own, that's a big one for me. But make sure you're plugged in. That's the trade-off. That's where I missed for so many years. I've wanted to have shows like this. I wanted to go on shows and talk about things like this or talk about the state of the world. I'm not an expert on it. I'm learning. I look at Ukraine stories every day and I'm still struggling to understand it all. That's fine. You don't have to be an expert on all these things. Just to be aware. Just have to be aware of other people. And then make sure you're keeping yourself a little safe so you can continue to be there and be aware of other people. And get some of that orange juice. I need that orange juice. We're going to take a quick break as we often do here. Now that we're public on the podcast, on the other side, I got more to blather about. Stick around for more, all right? This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Someone said this to me the other day in a comment. And I'll preface this by saying, if you're that person, 
I think they were, I would say, a fan of my work. They follow me. And I, they, were, they, were, they were being affable. So if this happens to be you, because I, I didn't even look up the name, because I don't want to accidentally embarrass them. But it, it got me thinking about some stuff, and I wanted to talk about it. But again, I'm going to say several times, if you're listening and you're like, hey, that was me. I, le- I left that comment. It's, it, you've got nothing to worry about. Absolutely nothing to worry about. The thing is this. Uh, I uh, posted a picture of uh, Grace and I. I think it was at the Smokehouse because it's always at the Smokehouse. And I, uh, it's a black and white photo and it's us sitting there. And uh, yay, yippee skippy. It, uh, it, uh, we look great. I look okay. She looks wonderful. That's the point. Someone in the comments said, oh, man, Napsock, you really outkicked your coverage here. Uh, and that's a comment that I understand. It's a sports reference. Uh, but it is basically saying, you know, hey, you schlubby dude, you got this uh, beautiful woman. Aren't you, luck- aren't you lucky? So the sentiment behind it is completely innocent, completely innocuous. Uh, I have no problem with it. I'm definitely, again, I'm going to repeat, if you're listening and you're like, fuck, that was me, Ken's pissed. I'm not. It just, it was food for thought that you didn't intend it to be. I just don't, I think that way of thinking, again, it's true. I get it. I'm the bearded pod, that, that, that meme that was going around, I think it's Taika Waititi with an iPad showing uh, Kate Blanchett on, on the set of uh, the Thor, the, the Thor movie, the second Thor movie that he did, right? Not the first one that Taika did, or maybe it's the second Maybe it's the third Thor movie, but first that Taika did. You MCU heads know. And it's Kate Blanchett looking all gorgeous and sexy and fierce as her supervillain with makeup on, outfit on. And you got Taika just showing an iPad like, hey, here's the script of the scene. And he's just director doing his work. Often he directs uh, very fashionably dressed, but he just kind of looked like a schlubby dude. And the meme went around of every podcaster and his girlfriend. Ah, hey, look, guilty as charged. My beard is extra scraggly and scruffy right now. But that comment, hey, you outkicked your coverage. Man, it kind of got me thinking and slightly rubbed me in the wrong way of just that kind of mindset. Number one, hey, hey, not even about the physical stuff, but I'm okay. I'm a pretty good human. I'm not perfect. Far from it. I'm a grumpy asshole. Bitter, grumpy asshole. And I like sugary fruit drinks. But... I'm all right. And I take care of the people that I love. And I take care of the people that are close to me. I take care of the people that take care of me. Like honestly, truthfully take care of me. Uh, I'll move past if I feel we need to. And maybe that's another sin of mine. But if I love you, I love you. And that includes seasons of change. There's times where people have been out of my life for a couple years, even though they were super important. And then uh, they return uh, in, in full capacity uh, because I believe there are seasons. I believe there's roads and journeys, and I don't necessarily think anything ends unless it truly has to. I have rid myself of some folks who I feel are putting uh, uh, toxic uh, negative energy into the world, uh, people I just don't want to be around as much. And uh, there you go. I'm now trying to defend myself. It's my journey, my mistakes, and my changes. But I'm all right. I'm all right. I think she, being Grace, um, is a blessing for me. But I think I deserve her. I think she deserves me. I think that's a statement that implies I am a dumb fucking fool who stumbled into something 
that I didn't deserve. Now, again, the person leaving that comment was just using a phrase that is out there. You outkicked your coverage, man. And again, I get it. But it got me thinking, too, about how we sometimes look at these situations. Now, are there double standards for men and women on uh, standards of beauty, uh, uh, physical appearances, all the stuff? You damn well better believe it. All right? You damn well better believe it. Uh, but I would generally argue that uh, women and Henry Cavill are the more uh, beautiful creatures in the, in the world than, than most men. That I would put out there, okay? Just looking at it in, in basic, uh, genderfied ways, all right? Um, but there's always this thing. I, I, I remember I said something one time to myself, maybe some friends. We, there was one friend we knew, or a, a person we were working with. And she was a, a just absolutely gorgeous, vivacious woman, very successful actor, uh, co-running co this business. Um, you know, stereotypically uh, beautiful, uh, blonde, all this kind of stuff, right? You, you look at her and you go, ah, that's, that's, that's a, there you go, that's a lady, right? You say stuff like that. Uh, you start singing Tom Jones songs in your head. And I met her husband. And, <sighs> man, you know, he was not those things. Not physically, not uh, disposition. Uh, his disposition was not that way. Uh, he was not uh, stereotypically uh, attractive or handsome in any way, shape, or form. I don't know where he began, but where he was was not that. And I remember, you know, making a comment saying, man, that guy, what does what that guy got? He must be rich. Who has not said that comment, right? And, you know, you look out in the world, there might be examples to back that up, including anytime Billy Joel's in a relationship, right? But, man, what an unfair statement to the other person in that relationship. To, well, perhaps to both, right? Because who am I to judge him? Well, all that guy has got is money. Um, yeah, maybe he doesn't have the things that you might expect out of Henry Cavill. <laughs> the abs. The chiseled uh, chin, uh, full head of hair, I'd like that. The pocketbook, whatever. But he's more than those things. He's more than what's in his pocketbook. And who knows? Who the fuck knows? Maybe he is rich. Because he's worked hard. He's smart. He's a talented writer. He's a great inventor. He's an engineer. He's just a good fucking businessman. How do I know? I'm just judging this man on his appearance. And then I'm looking across at this woman and thinking that all she has is shallowness, that all that's in her soul is the pursuit of money, the pursuit of some sort of uh, vainglory, the pursuit of something on the surface. What a sexist statement to make. What a sexist statement to make. So even if that is right, and I outkicked my coverage because I'm a troll, and I'm a bridge troll, I'm a podcaster, that's not fair to Grace. That's not fair in that other situation that I, I'm speaking of uh, to, to the woman I knew uh, years ago. And it's not fair to anyone, uh, man, woman, uh, non-binary person, anyone who's in a relationship with someone else who might appear to be to the more stereotypical standards of, of beauty and success. But in this particular incident, I, I focus on it being sexist towards this woman. Because that's the kind of thing that really has permeated our society. When we say it's a sexist society, when we say it's a patriarchal society, there are the big things 
including things going on in the government right now and the overturning of certain Supreme Court decisions or uh, the rules that say you must cover your arms in a house of law, uh, all those kind of things. There's those kind of patriarchal place for power. And we can all point to them. But it's too easy to sit and look at that and go, ah, but that's an extremist. Ah, but that's that. It won't get any crazy in that. Handmaid's Tale won't be real. This is all, those are all big things. Those are things I see on Newsweek articles. Those are things I see tweeted out in, in video links uh, on Twitter or Instagram. It's bigger than my everyday. Every day things are okay. But every day things like that happen. Where I look at a woman and I look at a man in, a, in, in, in that kind of a heteronormative relationship and I look at him and I think the only way she could be with him is if he's got something like money because that's all she's about. I don't even know her. I'm judging her perhaps for her beauty and writing her off because of some perceived beauty. And I'm saying she's shallow. I'm saying she is nothing of substance as, as opposed to saying Maybe, maybe she had the ability and has the ability to look at this man as who he is, to not look at the package that he's wrapped up in, to not look at the bags under his eyes or the state of his car or what's in his pocketbook. Maybe she sees him for him. Maybe women historically have that ability or maybe have had to develop that ability because of limited options. I don't know. Bigger conversation. They have that because they're, uh, I don't know, better. <laughs> Where men are more out there viewing women and trying to collect them like magazine covers. And that's what we've been served up for so long. The world, and specifically women, are ours for the taking. And you get them with some sort of power. You get them with some sort of uh, amount of money, some sort of uh, car, some sort of property, some sort of business, some sort of success, some sort of skill, some sort of big, giant, manly thing you reach for. You get it, and that's how you get these women because that's all they're looking for. We're served that constantly. We're served that all our lives to the point where someone like me, who I don't think has a lot of those traits, trust me, my car is a great car. My friend sold it to me for a dollar after I lost the Camry in a crowd. It's a t in an accident. It, it lost the Camry in the crowd. That's funny. I can't find my Camry. I lost that car in an accident. My friend, it's a 20-year-old Mustang. The rains the last few weeks, it rains into my car. I've been driving around in a mildewy, wet, damp car for the last three to four weeks. Uh, I, don't have those, I don't have any of those stereotypical things, but... I fell for that stuff. I fell for that thinking. I fell for, for a long time, I am nothing if I do not have those things. And it kind of connects with, with what I was saying earlier. I'm not putting myself in the best position and had, did not for years, did not put myself in the best position to be there for someone else. Uh, that's the damage and, 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 and problem with low self-esteem, which again is a bigger issue and I suffer from depression and that's something I'm constantly fighting against. But I, 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 I would not call myself, even historically, uh, a, a sexist person. But at the same time, it was built into me. It was bred into my wiring. To say something like that, that guy must have a lot of money. It's a sexist statement. 
one that I live with every day. Those are the kind of things that we live with every day. That's what is undercutting us in a lot of ways. That is what is undercutting uh, women or other affected, underrepresented groups. Uh, those in power not understanding that the, the power we're talking about isn't uh, at the presidential podium. It's the office conversation. It's just the way you look at someone on the street. That is where it seeps down to, and that's where a lot of the problems happen. So... Did I outkick my coverage? No. No. I called the right play. And she called the right play. And you out there have either called the right play or you will call the right play. Because I also think you can get, then get trapped in a situation where maybe you feel that. Maybe you feel you outkicked your coverage and you don't deserve the love you have. Or maybe you feel you settled. Maybe you felt you outkicked their coverage. We're just talking football now. And therefore you feel you can't get out or you feel you can't make a change or you feel you can't improve yourself to be better for them and they improve themselves to be better for you. I think that's possible. It's the danger of it all. So yeah, I'm out of fucking orange juice. But I did not outkick my coverage. I'll get some more orange juice. She's not sticking around for that. Thanks for listening to The Blathering. It's always a lot of fun hanging out with you. I hope you get what I'm doing. It's a different kind of show. There's going to be other days where I'm silly and stupid. There's going to be other days where I'm angry. We'll see. There's just so much going on right now. I just didn't want to be angry. I didn't even want to discuss a lot of the details because I just felt I wasn't in the position. I just want to sit down and have some orange juice. God damn that orange juice. You can uh, support if you want over at patreon.com slash Knapsock. That gets you a video version of the show. Will one day I take the video version public? I don't know. I wanted to see. I wanted to see if I could record the show and be myself with a camera watching. The reason I say that is I, I feel as though any podcast that is on video is not an actual podcast. It's a different form. It's a, it's a very successful and entertaining medium. But for me, it, it is something that I was never super comfortable with in terms of wanting to do what I want this show to be. So we're getting there. Also on the Patreon page, I'm proud to announce, going to be recording the first episode of Our Biggest Win. It is me and Robbie Smith sharing just that, our biggest win of the week. It's a monthly show on the Patreon page. And don't forget, we've got, I've got this wonderful graphic I love. I'm showing the video side. It is the Lost Threads, a blathering follow-up. I'll say this, though. I've been pretty good the first two public episodes where I don't feel I've lost all the threads, but eventually it'll happen. But The Lost Threads is also about you. If you want to know more about my orange juice problem, you post it in the, in the Patreon page and I'll answer it there. All right. That is it. It's always a lot of fun. Thanks for being here. That was a blathering. Mm -hmm.